Welcome to the premiere episode of Real Talk with Richie Morgan. I'm your host, Richie Morgan, and we're broadcasting to you live on the End Results Radio Network from the Perimeter Roofing Studio inside the Country Inn and Suites by Radisson Hotel in beautiful Stone Mountain. And I'm so happy to have my guest here with me today. He's a friend of mine. We work in the same office together. He's a he's a uh, fellow realtor, and he's the most interesting person that I've met in a while. So I thought I'd have him on the show. <laughs> we could talk about him and his life and where he's going. So my guest today is Dallas Snodderly. Welcome, Dallas. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. This is going to be fun, right? Oh, it's going to be very All fun. All right. No hair pulling, just straight talk, right? No problem. Okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to start off just letting listeners kind of hear about you, your background, your past, and so forth. Just kind of start and tell me, you know, how you became a realtor. What was your life before you became a realtor, and how did you get into that? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really great story. So, I actually did property management, uh, working in apartment communities for about six and a half years. And I remember when I was at this one community, one of the uh, managers at the time said that I ought to think about getting into real estate because I would be amazing at it. And I remember telling him and shutting it down immediately saying, no, I'm very happy with this company. I'm very happy with where I'm at. And I was a rising superstar at the time. Um, and I ended up transferring to with that same company to another location in Florida. And I remember everybody telling me, don't transfer. They always fire people that transfer down in Florida. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I think that's based off of, uh, you know, skill and not something that's just bad mojo or luck. Anyways, ended up getting fired nonetheless. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I guess, Which is sometimes a good thing, right? I, it, well, it, you know, it was uh, very disheartening and they offered me my job with the same company back in Atlanta. Um, and I turned it down and I said, I think this is a time to get to try something new. Mm -hmm. So that's when I got into real estate down in Florida. Um, and that was nine years ago. And um, it w did not go so well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I was the golden boy where, you know, you did everything that you were told, door knocking, cold calling, FISBOs, expireds. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were very excited about me because I was, I'm, I'm extremely charismatic and did everything you were supposed to do. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I was being told by uh, fellow colleagues that I would never succeed, that I was going to fail. And um, it was because I had a different mindset about things. Um, but needless to say, I ended up uh, leaving Florida and coming back to Atlanta. Which is where you're from originally, right? Correct. I'm okay. born and raised a uh, true Atlantean, as I like to say. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and I've been here doing real estate for the last uh, seven years. Okay, nice. Mm -hmm. So do you feel that when you moved back home that things kind of fell into place for you and that's kind of where you start ended up where you are now or – I thought they would. <laughs> okay. So tell me about that. Uh, well, it didn't go according to plan, uh, as life rarely does. But um, essentially what I did was I got my uh, real estate license, and I was a little burned from you know, all the bad mojo from Florida. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, I think I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to try to go about this a little bit differently. So, um, you know, as most real estate agents get in, they start off with a lot of ambition and that quickly falls off because, you know, real estate is such a hard industry. It becomes very quickly discouraging. And I was doing this more part-time and 
working other jobs like driving Uber and Lyft. Really? Okay, um, I didn't know it, you did any of that. Oh, oh yeah. Really? It was a nice uh, work anytime you want kind right. of job. And it really sustained me for the longest time. But at the same time, I was always living paycheck to paycheck, you know, trying to juggle real estate the way that I wanted to do things and failing, but still, you know, still having to work another job full time. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I think I got five years in and uh, then the pandemic happened. Okay. I don't know if anybody remembers that or not. Oh, but God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. like tattoos on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I took that opportunity where uh, no one was really working and, um, you know, me being a paycheck to paycheck kind of guy, it hurt a lot. Sure. Um, and fortunately, you know, the, the government, you know, overstimulated, in my opinion, and I was able to benefit from that. And I took that money that was coming in and just really applied to just paying my bills so that I could dedicate, you know, to real estate full time. And I started listening to other agents because everybody was talking back then. Everybody loves to hear themselves talk in real estate and I love it mm -hmm. uh, and hate it at the same time. But, you know, everybody was sharing their success stories and I must have listened to well over a hundred agents talking about how they became successful and what they did and how they got there. And, you know, most people were just legacy agents or handed on a silver platter. Right. And they had it easy. And I was like, right. well, you know, I <clears throat> feel like I come from white trash and I've got nothing and no money. And how am I supposed to go from this nothing character to, you know, this extreme somebody without making myself feel miserable? Um, I had a lot of anxiety, uh, which was not going to go anywhere. And finally, I started finding people that had stories that were relatable. And I thought it was amazing. So I dove in and then the results started to change. Uh, one of the, I found two groups at the time that really did change my career. Well, first, let's me, let me ask you something really quickly. Yeah. So up until that point, like when did you, when did you end up at Keller Williams? Were you, have you always been a Keller Williams agent? Always. Or, okay. And yep. have you always been with Chattahoochee North? Has that always been your office or did you? In Atlanta, I have. Okay. Um, so what I did was I did a lot of research on brokerages and I saw that there were a lot of, not really a lot of differences, uh, but mainly Keller Williams offered uh, not only really amazing training that a lot of people adored, but they also offered uh, some amazing culture. Yes. And it's to me that was uh, very valuable to come to an office where you were supposed to feel absolutely amazing and get unbelievable training. Right. And I didn't necessarily get that at the first office, but that's right. okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I agree with you. Where we are, where you and I are right now, I just... I can't imagine being anywhere else. It's no, just I totally amazing. Agree. But I know you're going to segue into uh, other things with the, like uh, maybe referral or things of that nature. So kind of go off in that direction and let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So um, what I ended up doing after I started listening was I uh, found two groups, uh, Keller Williams uh, Young Professionals, which is KWYP, and also Keller Williams uh, Rainbow, KW Rainbow as we call it. And um, when I first discovered KWYP, that was a brand new chapter in Atlanta. And what year was that? Do you remember? Uh, this was pandemic, so 2020? 2020, okay. Mm -hmm. Relatively and new then. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Brand new for Atlanta. And uh, I didn't really understand the point of the KWYP thing. Um, and uh, I didn't really stick on to that. And when I came to KW Rainbow, I liked it, but I felt discouraged. I smelled like a, I felt like a small fish in a very big pond. Mm -hmm. You know, I was somebody who did maybe one to two million a year and everybody else were like 
30 to $50 million producers, or at least that's how it uh, you know came off. And then everybody also knew each other. They already had their best friends and mm-hmm. you know who they talked to and all that jazz. Um, so well, I have found, being a part of that as well, I found that people are very open and receptive and want to get to know you. So that's, a, that's a, such a positive thing. The whole concept of it and the way that it operates and the camaraderie that we all have together through the network, I think is, I it just is amazing. I totally agree. And, yeah. you know, at first, I wish I hadn't listened to my, as we call it, the drunk monkey, you know, thing mm-hmm. uh, that tells you all the negative stuff. And, but the, when I started coming back to both of those groups, but KW Rainbow mainly, like everybody was so supportive. They wanted to see you succeed. They wanted to see what they could do to help you succeed. Mm-hmm. And they opened my eyes to the real estate world that I had never been exposed to before. Um, and really just, honestly, I attribute my success to them a lot of times. Right. They really helped me become a newer and better agent on a high level. Right. Now, I know that, uh, you know, during the um, family reunion this past uh, uh, February in Orlando, you know, the network actually has functions and meetings and things outside of the normal part of KW, which I think is good because it kind of helps you focus on your community and what's going on in your community because it is a pretty large part of, you know. Oh, I totally yeah, agree. So. I got to, you know, meet a lot of people that I had only talked Me with too. virtually. Um, Absolutely. I, it was my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was overwhelming because I didn't realize how much uh, walking and networking you would do. I mean, I remember towards the end there, I was just in bed half the day and then trying to manage the rest of the day. Right. Um, but we had some fun at oh, night. <laughs> we had some, we had lots of fun. I don't uh-huh. even know if it was just limited to the nighttime. Right. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, anything else you'd like to say about the network? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's KW Rainbow has been very much about helping not only KW aim, agents, but uh, you know, family. And it's so nice to have a group that really is about uh, no matter what status you're at, supporting you and giving you information and sharing their secrets and you know, just doing anything they can to see you become something, mm-hmm. you know, amazing. Right. And uh, I think that's what what's really awesome about the group is no one wants to see you fail. No one wants to see you go. They all want to see you be amazing. And that can be someone that's, you know, right next door to you in, in right. the Atlanta market. Like, you're, they may, people may say that, oh, well, there's too much competition in the real estate market. But that's, that's not how real estate works. It's not a competition. You know, just because, you know, you and I are friends in the same office doesn't mean that the same person that you know is going to want to use me or the other person. You know, it's just people tend to gravitate towards who they bond with a lot of times. And if there is a difficult decision, then I don't think I'd ever be upset if someone ever chose to use you over me. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I will say that, you know, the the referral aspect is one aspect of the, of it, but also... You know, outside of that, I think the most important part of it is that people connect with each other and share ideas and share vision, and they people want to build their businesses. Um, you know, of course, referrals are a big part of that, but at the same time, there's other, you know, aspects of it, too, that is more family-oriented and more, and people respect each other. Yes, they do. You know, I don't hear a lot of, you know, 
superfluous crap about politics or this or that. I mean, everybody seems to be very, you know, focused on being being a nice person. And I really appreciate that, you know, because we all do. that's what I don't like negativity. I don't either. And if it, if, if, it, if it was negative, I probably wouldn't be as involved as I am or like enjoy, you know, the, the back and forth that I have with people that I've met on the uh, through that network online and in person. But yeah, I think it's fantastic. And I'm glad we're talking about this because I don't think it gets enough. I, I don't know. I mean, it, I guess it gets a certain amount of notoriety, but you know, it's always good when we can talk about it and so, because somebody may listen to this and they weren't aware of that and they may be, want to become involved or, you know, well, just, you know, remember follow. that it took me five years to find out about KW Rainbow. Well, you've always been slow, Dallas. <laughs> Thanks. It, I mean, must, it must be my height. Right. It takes me a little bit longer to get places. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's just, you know, it took me five years to find out about KW Rainbow and KWYP, and that's not okay. Like, there should be, everybody should be exposed to it, invited, um, given the chance to see the value that it brings, and definitely be a part of it. Absolutely. So, I want to talk about what your plans are for the future, but I want to just kind of get your idea about what do you think the state of real estate is at the moment? I mean, do you think we're like at a place where we've peaked and things are going to be a little more sane? Or do you think we still have a little ways to go before we get to that point? I mean, what do you think? What's your opinion? Um, you know, I still think that we are... Uh, Things are slowing down in the sense that we're not getting 40 or 50 offers on a house, but we're still getting, you know, 10 to 20 offers on a house. So that's still, that's not as insane. It's saying it's becoming a little bit better of a healthier market. Um, we don't foresee there being any downturn as far as prices are concerned. So it's just going to become a more normalized market where things are appreciating at the correct values that they should be appreciating at. And we're really going to see people still in my personal opinion and professional opinion, driving to get homes, sell homes, and make a dollar. Um, and Atlanta is a really amazing market, and I can't, I can't speak to any other markets, but I know that Atlanta, we don't foresee that, in my opinion, changing anytime soon. I think in Atlanta there are pockets that are hot, pockets of areas that are hotter than others, because some things will sit on the market for a while. But, you know, typically it's it relates to the price. Yes, I totally agree. A lot of times what sellers, they get so caught up in the idea that uh, they want to get these high prices. But, you know, buyers, they don't want sellers telling them how much to pay. Buyers want to tell sellers how much they're willing to pay. Mm -hmm. And I know that's silly, but, you know, if the idea, if it's overpriced, um, then buyers don't want to compete. They don't want to offer on it because they want to offer on something that other people are competing for. Yeah. I will say the open houses that I've done probably the last few months, buyers are very frustrated. They don't know what to do. They don't know where. I mean, I ha I've had people actually ask me, so how much should we offer for it to get it? It's like, I can't tell you that. <laughs> you need to discuss that with your realtor. Where's your realtor, by the way? <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, it's, people are like on edge. Well, you know, it's crazy because, you know, I do write super strong offers and I rarely lose to with my clients, which is a nice thing to be able to brag about. But, you know, recently we lost one uh, just yesterday and 
Uh, honestly, I don't know why we lost. The agent hasn't told me why we lost because uh, we talked yesterday and we had the best offer. We had the highest amount. We had very clean, you know, uh, stipulations. And I somehow, when we thought we were going to win the offer, we get this email the next day saying they went with a different offer. What changed? Yeah, I um, I had a similar circumstance recently too, and. It was, uh, there's really kind of no explanation for it other than the fact that I noticed that the buyer's agent was in the same office as the seller's agent. So that could have had some effect on that. Well, sometimes it does, but I will say, you know, there are a lot of agents out there, they do, they get so emotional, which is completely understandable because it is a, it's a very stressful game. But there was a situation where, uh, you know, I had an agent that, um, you know, got upset with me because he thought that I took these buyers over them um, because I was getting both sides of the deal. And that wasn't the case at all. I didn't choose them because of that. Uh, and it actually, I told them not to put an offer on the house. I didn't want them, mainly because I don't like to represent both sides or mm-hmm. even represent the buyer as a customer personally. Correct. I would just rather have an amazing experience with the touring thing. But, you know, the they ended up, uh, the they still wanted to submit an offer uh, despite my, you know, uh, recommendation and they ended up offering something that beat out the other offer. And I can't not disclose that to my sellers. You know, that's, that's, I represent the sellers at the end of the day. That's what it comes down to. And the offer was just no contingencies and a higher amount. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I think the amount of, I think that people that are, you know, offering more than, list price, like exorbitant amounts, I think like they're part of the problem why we're having this craziness going on. I mean, it's like, it's just insane. But I guess it's all about supply and demand. If you have to have a house and you want a house and you've got the extra $50,000 to put down on, you know, to put toward it, then you're going to do it, right? Well, there's also all these programs that are giving buyers the capability of being able to do so. There's a new one that I was just on the phone with, and I'm not a fan of them. Uh, I just think there are better programs, but where they charge a fee for them to offer a cash deal, mm-hmm. and instead of the buyers having to pay that fee, which in my, you know, if they're going to use something like that, they should, but they roll that into the loan. Right. And it's like now we're creating these higher exorbitant prices, which is great for, you know, sellers, I guess, and great for agents. But at the same time, it's, I know that a lot of agents don't want this kind of market where people are having to overextend just in hopes to get something. There should be a very comfortable transaction process where everybody is happy with what they walk away with instead of, you know, throwing their lives away just to get something to live in. Well, one thing that does happen, I guess, is on a positive note that when you have like, you know, three or four houses in a neighborhood sell for fifty, sixty thousand over list price, it it pushes the appraisals up, does it not? Oh, like in the yes. future. So that means that everybody else's property is going to be more valuable than the ones that just sold. It's crazy. It's yeah, it doesn't make it I mean it's like it'll calm down, it will. It's just I feel bad for the people that have been struggling to find a place and you know, a lot well, of Well they're it, getting priced out of the market. They are you know? with especially with interest rates rising, Absolutely. you know, suddenly that you know, a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar home is now maybe two seventy five to the buyer. Right. And it's like, okay, 
and you're you're shopping at a 275 level in Atlanta, 275 is no longer like doable for no. a lot of times. And no. that's sad. 350 yeah. was. Right. But now the interest rates are like pricing you out. You're going to have to go further out in hopes to get something that's reasonable. Right. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about let's talk about your business, the current state of your business and where your business is headed in the future. Like tell me what tell me what your 2022 is going to end up looking like. And beyond, where, oh, where are you going? I, where are you going? Oh, I don't know. It's like the blind leading the blind. <laughs> no, I'm actually very excited. So, uh, you know, when I was a one to two million dollar producer, and then 2020 hit. Uh, when I when I finished in 2021, I did uh, three times as many transactions and uh, a little bit more than twice the sales. So I finished at a little over four million in sales. And now this mm-hmm. year, I've already surpassed the amount of transactions and the amount of uh, sales that I've done. And so I'm on track to do about 10 million and about 36 transactions, which is super exciting. Um, and what I'm going to do is I, you know, I've learned from the past where, you know, you, you spend money once you get it, just, you know, it's, I want to be able to reinvest it back into the business. So I plan on hiring a marketing specialist next month. I've already started, uh, you know, posting and interviewing. And then I'm also hoping to bring on uh, about three other agents in hopes that we can all help each other, you know, build bigger, uh, our businesses and become something stronger together. Right. What so, does that look like? Well, that is, uh, some, So a lot of times, teams, when people are building teams underneath them, in my personal opinion, the perception is that you build a team because it helps you make more money. And, uh, you know, it takes away from the person coming onto the team. But I think that that's a misconception uh, or based on how you structure it. So my design is, or what I'm aiming for is, it's not so much to take away from that person, but to provide a utility for everybody to be able to use so that we can be stronger together. So for instance, you know, you and I work as colleagues in the same office, but we are separate people. So when we are, yeah, I know it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. We seem like one in the right. soul, but, <laughs> um, but when a client comes to you or me, they have to choose between the two of us and they love both of us, or maybe another real estate agent loves referring to both of us, but they have to choose at the end of the day. So the design is if you are working with like-minded or you know great people that don't have the resources to be able to show all the time or you know do contract work or things like that you know my goal is to give not only provide those resources but also make it easier to where when someone coming in like we're working together and they love both of us so that helps us both because they're no longer choosing they're now saying, "Well, oh, I love Richie. I love Dallas. Let's let's give the listing to them or the the agent or the client to them because the, I love both of them, and I know they're going to do an amazing job, no matter which one works with mm-hmm. them. And it's it's a matter of like creating something that uh, like two different things that people like and making it that much better. Like right. we both do great separately, but we do amazing together. Mm-hmm. That kind of mentality. So that's what I'm shooting for with the business structure. Mm-hmm. If you look at the teams in our office, I do I do feel like the leaders like when they choose the people there on the team, like they the people on the team, I wouldn't say are they're maybe like-minded, but they're not alike. Like they have exactly. different personalities <laughs> and you know, this one appeals to this type of person. You know, I mean, that's the way it has to be because a lot of not times. everybody's going to connect with me. Not everybody would connect with you. Correct. So if you've got like the personalities that cover all of the bases, then your chances of having a successful experience with your clients a lot higher. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. So just to have resources to where we can rely on each other to help each other make more money. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. 
Well, at the end of at the end of this year, do you think that so all of this you think will be will come to be by the end of the year? You feeling confident about that, or I am making it confident. Okay, yeah. good. Well, that's the way you're <laughs> supposed to think. That's awesome. I look forward to it. Yeah, cross my fingers and my legs. Right. So, well, <laughs> I know that rarely <laughs> happens, right? <laughs> I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen that happen yet. But, but. But um, at any rate, yeah, so I think it's really interesting. I think that, you know, you're still young. I mean, you've got miles to go. Do you think this is it? Like, do you think real estate's going to be your career for the rest of your life? Or what are you thinking? Um, is that where your head's at? Yeah, I don't know, to be honest. I definitely love it. Because I'm headed toward final it. exit. This is it for me. <laughs> no, I um, – so – Yes, I enjoy real estate. I enjoy working with my clients. I think the next aspect of it is enjoy uh, bringing agents on and coaching them and help, helping them do well and us all working together as a team. Um, you know, I actually wrote a book as a bucket list item one time. You and wrote a book? I know, it's crazy. What book? I don't know. I'll tell you about it another time. Oh, God. Time. But, you know, I started having pe- – pe- I started telling people about it and they wanted to read it. And I said, you don't want to read this. This is like literally child's play. Um but yeah, so it just, I look forward well, to. Weren't you, weren't you in the entertainment business at one time or did you pursue a career as an actor? Or, yeah. I heard that. I, I, we've never talked about it, but. Yeah. So I used to professionally act in New York City. Uh, I was scouted out of high school. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted, my passion, probably still is my passion today, was to, you know, become an actor and mm-hmm. uh, moved up to New York City. I was doing super well. Um, I had built a very, a uh, big reputation for myself. I was on Law and SVU. Uh, I did Nickelodeon, uh, some commercials like Old Spice Hair and Body Wash off Broadway, and um, it looked like it was really going to go somewhere. Um, and I had met someone that I was with for two years, and I uh, always realized that when we were at casting parties and things like that, they were always in a corner, pushed out of the way. And when you start to do well, people gravitate towards you because they want to talk to you and they feel like maybe your fortune will rub off on them and then they'll become something successful. And so anyways, I felt bad that they were never in the group circle. Uh, maybe that was on me for not forcing that situation. But um, I said, well, I, do I want to continue pursuing acting or do I foresee myself growing old with this person and possibly having a family? Um, so I chose that route. Probably not the right one, but um, yeah, that's what I... <laughs> Well, that's interesting. Okay, so we have to explore that a little further over a cocktail sometimes. Yes, please. (laughs) We don't need to go all the way on that one, but that's really interesting. Yeah, I've had several incarnations in my life as well, so I get it. We're totally on the same. But maybe that's why we get along so great is because we we have similarities that we don't really know that we have similarities, but you know, hey, I know that you and I both like to just be, you know, super kind people and yeah. that we like to li- laugh and enjoy life. Make people um, laugh. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't think that either of us are afraid of putting someone in their place if we need to. Well, that's true. I've done that too. <laughs> I remember that waitress you told. <laughs> Which one? Oh, right. <laughs> we, we'll let that one alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that was funny. But anyway, wow, well, this has been kind of fun. I appreciated you coming and taking a, the Virgin Voyage with me. This is my first podcast, so <gasps> one of many to come. I'll be doing it once a month, so I'm kind of excited about that. And I'll be talking about different topics and stuff with 
people that I know, friends that I have throughout my life and so forth. So it's going to be interesting. Um, so you have anything? Oh, first of all, what we need to do finally is we people need to know how to contact you. They need your contact info, your Facebook page, Instagram, throw sure. out all of that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, essentially my na- last name is Snodderly. And if you don't know how to look that up, that's totally fine. But it's Dallas Estates. KW, so E-S-T-A-T-E-S, uh, like real estate. So Dallas Estates KW is my Instagram, Facebook. Find me all over. You'll find my number, my pictures. Um, it's uh, Text is usually the best way to uh, contact me, but feel free to reach out via call or email, and I'll definitely get back with you. Okay, so that's uh, that's going to wrap up our show for today. Um, thank you for joining us here on the End Results Radio Network. Stay tuned for the next Real Talk with me, Richie Morgan. And until then, let's count our blessings and let's enjoy this wonderful journey we're all on together. 